Hi, welcome in. It's Downtown the Podcast. Rich Kimball and Carrie Haskell here from our Zone Radio studios in Bangor, Maine. Our show, Downtown, originates from here every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on WZON, WKIT, HD3. Streaming audio on the WZON app and our website at downtownwithrichkimball.com. Just one guest on the podcast this week, one of our absolute favorites. And uh, when we have him come on, Carrie, we like to take our time talking with actor, author, and storyteller Stephen Tobolowski because it's always something good. Yeah, and no matter what the... uh the supposed topic is we, we end up covering a wide breadth of information. This week, no exception. We're talking primarily about season three of the Netflix series, One Day at a Time, that will be released in early February. Stephen, a key part of that cast as Dr. Leslie Berkowitz. And sure, we talked about that, but uh, we also got into other subjects, including what apparently is a family of squirrels taking up residence in Stephen's neighborhood, well, who even interrupted our conversation you'll hear as we talk with Stephen Tobolowski on Downtown, the podcast. I understand some some breaking news from the left coast that you've had some actual weather in Southern California. We had what, what you call rain over here. So it was big news. I'm sure it's going to be on all the TV shows, all the headlines of the newspaper. We had <laughs> rain and it rained for more than an hour. So it's going to be huge news. Wow. Now so we're, uh, we're thrilled. Has that done anything to impact the uh, squirrel situation around the Tobolowski well, household? As, as a matter of fact, yes. We we had a squirrel encounter this morning. Uh, I went outside. I don't know if everybody in, in Bangor out there knows, but we have, a, we have a, a squirrel that comes to our house. Actually, there's three of them. Uh, the person who lives next door, uh, some squirrels fell out of a tree when they were babies, and she hand-reared them. And now these squirrels live in the neighborhood, and there's Violetta, who's the female. Uh, There's Klaus, which is the big male. (laughs) And there's a squirrel called Little, which is so little, I don't know if it's male or female yet. But Violetta is quite friendly and and understands there she is now. Damn it. She's right. She hears my boy, and she's coming towards (laughs) She's coming toward the door. Oh, dear. Uh, so Ann and I, Ann is my wife, and she she grew up in Georgia. So there's part of her that isn't, her mind isn't functioning the same way as normal people. So she goes out, and she pets the squirrel. You don't pet a wild squirrel, but she does. And so now Violetta is a hand-petting squirrel and a nut squirrel. And we and with the rain, she. I went outside this morning and said, are there any hungry squirrels in the area? And she ran down the tree and toward our house. It was really a Disney moment. <laughs> Until we get the rabies shot, it's a Disney moment. <laughs> it becomes something else. Uh, you mentioned your lovely wife, Anne, and a belated congratulations as you two celebrated a big anniversary recently. 30 years. Can you believe that? You've been married to someone for 30 years, <laughs> and and this is something I talked to my dear friend David Chen about at his wedding. You, you know, as you get older, 
you begin to appreciate anniversaries more than birthdays in that they both involve one rotation around the sun, you know, going around the sun that one time, but one is a matter of luck and the other is a matter of determination and willpower. And I am so happy that Dan and I are still together and we weathered the storms and we're able to talk to each other about when we were young and both wanting to get into theater and get into acting. Now she's directing a lot of plays here in Los Angeles and uh, she's able to come with me on all my book tour things whenever she's free. And it's wonderful having, being married to your best friend. That's, that's really good. It's a good thing. Well, also a good thing is uh, one month from tomorrow, we've been waiting, and that day is almost here. Season three of One Day at a Time will appear magically on Netflix on February 8th, and we are so excited for this new season. Yeah, we, we, uh, we've been going to various, various award ceremonies. I didn't go to the Golden Globes last night, but a lot of the One Day at a Time folks did. And uh, at the last one we all went to, which was like a month ago, it seems like, not too long, I forget which awards it was, and we're going to Critics' Choice Awards this weekend. Uh, Gloria Calderon-Kellett and Mike Royce, who are showrunners, were saying as, as they were passing out the pasta, you know, at the, at the party, is that, uh, you know, Stephen, I think this season's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> you, always, you always are both thrilled to hear that and also surprised that they were so surprised because <laughs> uh, you, you never know till you know. And uh, we had a rip-snorting third season. And, and the first thing I could say, Rich, that surprised me, talk, just talking about surprises, is our audience. Uh, when we did the first season, our audience, I think a lot of them were almost rentals. You, you, you know, you, you mm. pay everybody $5 to come in and sit in the seats and just enjoy or not enjoy the show. The second season, about half the people, and there's an audience of about two, 300 there, uh, live audience when we shoot the show, about half of them were, were fans, people who, who really loved the show. This year, the third season, Nobody could get in because of the fans. They started lining up early. We had a, a several buses of fans from San Diego drive up to Los Angeles to see the show. And what happens when you have that fan audience? Everybody knows everybody in the show, and they're sitting on, on every character turn and twist and one of the things that surprised me that I heard is that the editors this season had to cut out some of the laughs because when we, we do the show for the live audience, the audience is so receptive that it, it can, it can break apart the narrative of uh, the pacing of the show. I, I would say generally I felt being on stage doing this, this year's uh, season three, I, I can, without doing spoilers, give you a, a few points. Uh, 
if you want to say season one and two were kind of an act one, establishing who the Alvarez family is and who all the characters are, season three is the beginning of an act two, Mm. in which we already know who these people are, and now season three are the consequences of who they are. So, And those consequences can both be hilarious, or they can be dangerous. And that's what creates, what makes One Day at a Time such a special show on television. Because it can be hilarious, and then in one second it could turn on you and not be hilarious. And be something that kind of really is heartbreaking. Uh, Just to give you kind of, again, an example without being a spoiler on it. At the end of last season, season two, was a show which has been nominated by the Critics' Choice Awards as one of the great, one of the best single episodes of television of last year, which was episode, our final episode, episode 13 of season two of One Day at a Time, in which uh, Rita Marino, who plays Lydia, the mother of the family, ends up in uh, in a medically induced coma in the hospital with having had some sort of stroke. And in it, it is funny but heart-wrenching episode. So this season, Rita and her character Lydia have to deal with the repercussions of what that was. As, As anybody who's been through a medical emergency knows, that from then on, everybody in the family is terrified That's, that something is going to happen to them. And the person who has had, like when I had my heart surgery, my open heart surgery, every, every moment, if you've had it, you become terrified that you're going to end up in the hospital again. So this season, Act, act 2 of One Day at a Time really begins where we see Lydia dealing with the consequences of having had a, a brush with the Grim Reaper. Well, and, that, and that, it's both hilarious and not hilarious. That that but last episode was so uh, <laughs> frightening as a, a viewer because you're so invested in all of these characters. But my goodness, Lydia Rita Moreno is is just uh, such a talent and such a treasure. And uh, I was I was hanging on, tears streaming down my face watching that. Yeah. I'm also curious to see where. Dr. Berkowitz's relationship goes because you've sort of, uh, your character has sort of explained to Lydia that you will take really whatever you can get, whatever that relationship is, your character is happy with. Yes. And, and I, I was, again, I don't want to spoil anything in terms of the plot, but again, that is a big part of season three of where we go where Lydia and I go this season. And and it's logical, and it's very funny, and it is very surprising. And I, I think, and, and you have done, it's the opposite. Rich, it's the opposite of the way TV used to be. Because what's going to happen around February 8th is that Netflix is going to drop the entire <laughs> season of One Day at a Time. Right. And people are going to be able to see all of these episodes at once, you know, one at a time. 
when we shoot these shows, we don't know what's going to happen to our character. And so we get the script, and they hold the script. Friday was our shoot day this year. So we finish shooting the show, uh, let's say Friday night, 10, 30, or 11 o'clock at night, we're done. That's when they hand out the scripts for the next week. Mm. And so the first time we know what's going to happen in the next week is right after we finish the show. And it, it can make some sleepless nights <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend. It, it, can, it can rock your boat when you, when you see what's going to happen. Uh, there, I would, I would almost say that this season three to me was one of our funniest, one of our funniest seasons. There are some absolutely delightful situations that happen in the show that we had difficulty performing on stage because it was so funny. And it'll be very interesting to see how the editor cut around the laughter that we had in the audience. And lots uh, lots of character surprises. One one thing with the kids, you know, uh, Alex and Elena, the, uh, which is uh, Manuel Ruiz and Isabella Gomez, the, the two kids, they're kind of growing up now. And so in this season, they're dealing with more growing up problems. And in, in the absence, we find that Alex sometimes has to be the man of the family and in very surprising ways, uh, which we were not prepared for in the script. So I think, I think uh, viewers of the show, if, if you're new to the show, let me explain this, that one day at a time is not a typical situation comedy in that it's not like a new weird story every week. It really is like a novel. And so I would say, Watch Netflix season one and two now, so you're up to speed on the story, and then you'll be able to fully enjoy season three when you see where everybody is. Yeah, the evolution of the characters through season one and season two, and I think the evolution of the actors sort of getting to know each other a little bit better as they develop those characters, yeah. too, is evident. Yeah. So it, so people would want to really want to start at the beginning of, of the uh, and also of the also here's an here's an example which I don't think is uh, uh, too much of a spoiler. It's the writers getting to know the actors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one episode in the scene. This is a Dr. Berkowitz situation. There's the Aleta. The squirrel is now staring <laughs> at me. Oh dear! Uh, she wants her time on the radio too. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good on radio to know that there's a squirrel watching someone <laughs> that's talking. Uh, there was a moment during uh, one of the network run-throughs. What happens is you, on Monday, you do the you kind of block the show for yourself. On Tuesday, you run it for the writers, and they make changes. On Wednesday, you do it for the network. And Netflix and Sony comes in and they give their notes. Thursday, you do camera rehearsing. Friday, you're doing for the live audience. Five days is all you got. So for the network run-through, there was a moment Lydia and I have, and uh, I ended up falling down. 
And I happened to have been trained in college in what they call stage combat, mm. in how to do fall and fall on things, fall over things. So during the network run-through, I happened to fall into, well, you know, like the old Chevy Chase stuff on Saturday Night Live. Fall into a pile of chairs or something, and the chairs collapse, and you fall on the floor, and the legs and arms go. The people in the network run-through thought it was all for real, <laughs> and they stood up, and they were horrified. <laughs> and and I had to, and it totally killed the run-through. I mean, it, it was not funny. And uh, Mike and, and Gloria came running up to me, Stephen, are you all right? I said, guys, I was just acting. It was just show business. You know, it was fun. And uh, so they kept the moment in where I fall in the thing. And then Mike came up and whispered to me and said, you know, I think we're going to start adding some falls for Dr. <laughs> you know, and so the writers get the idea, oh, this is what this person does. Let's throw this in. So, you know, there's some hair-raising moments in, in, in this season uh, in which I am the butt of many physical jokes. <laughs> and, and, and that will be a lot of fun, I think. Now you mentioned that the uh, the audience has changed and and gotten more active responding to the to the show. Does that change the way the actors respond to the audience and the characters? Is is it changing the feel of the show in some way? Do you feel? Do you yeah, think? completely. And some of it is, and some of it obviously is for the better. In that you know when Todd walks on as Schneider. You know, there is the Schneider fan club there in force and, you know, just shrieks. You know, he's so delightful in that part. He's so funny. But, you know, when, when, you, when he comes on to make an entrance and if the audience is cheering and shouting for his entrance, he can't say his first line. You know, so it affects the timing of the actor of, of knowing, like, how are we how are we going to, and then it'll eventually affect the writer because they'll know, oh, there's probably going to be something that happens here that's going to put a, a kind of blip in the rhythm of this scene. So we, we have to prepare for that. So they affect us and we affect them. Um, and and, and it, it can be for the bad as well. Uh, I mean, not bad, bad. I mean, it's just showbiz. You know, if, if for example, uh, there are many heartbreaking scenes in One Day at a Time that are really beautifully done and, and, and like you were mentioning, Rich, last season, now the audience is so primed to know that the show has these moments in it you have the oohers and the ahs, mm. and you know they they jump on a moment that they think is going to become an emotional scene with the oh you know <laughs> that thing, and when two hundred people do that, it could kind of again take the wind out of the sails of the scene, and I think those oohs and ahs have to kind of be removed, you know, sound wise. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys 
do this. Uh, I, I, I may have said it on downtown at one time, but it, it's a great history lesson. And that is, uh, when I was doing Mr. Rhodes, that old show years ago for, I believe it was CBS or ABC, ABC, I think. Um, Meg Mallon was our switcher. She's the person who's in charge of switching the cameras of the live feed for the audience to watch. So they feel they're watching a television show. Right. She, she is a technical person, but she was she learned her craft on I Love Lucy. Mm. That's where that's when she started in show business. And she told me that Desi Arnaz was such a genius. He had recorded all of the laughter on I Love Lucy and all the audience reactions and the applause, etc. And every situation comedy uses the laughter of I Love Lucy to fill in the gaps of the live audience response. That's right. Yeah, and, and Desi so, Arnaz really, uh, didn't he, he pioneered the three-camera format. Yes, yes. He, he was the man who created the situation comedy. Well, well there is an evolution, because before Desi Arnaz did it in TV, Jack Benny did it in radio. I think Jack Benny was the first guy who made all of the characters involved in his show like permanent members of the cast, like you had Dennis Day and you had Don Wilson and you had Rochester and his wife Mary. You had all these people, and they became regular characters on his radio show. And that then became translated into I Love Lucy, where, where that idea had been carried forth, and you have, you know, the Mertzes living across the hall, and then little Ricky when he came along, and uh, so, so that that kind of format happened. So, on our show, I'm sure in the background somewhere, you'll hear the warm recorded laughter from I Love Lucy as well. <laughs> We're talking with Stephen Tobolowsky here on Downtown the Podcast. A quick break for a word from our friends at Cross Insurance, and we'll be back with more of Stephen here on the podcast. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Squirrels. All <laughs> uh, we really are is squirrels. Stephen and Ann have clearly yeah, trained yeah, their yeah, neighborhood squirrels. pests. <laughs> Starts with feeding them and then it gets into recording them. How it works. New revenue stream. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're talking with actor Stephen Tobolowsky here on episode, where's episode 38? Is that where we are? Indeed. Crazy. Episode 38 of Downtown, the podcast. Without giving away anything, there will be some special appearances this season. I know uh, Gloria Estefan, who does the theme song, will be playing a character in at least a couple of episodes. And I think I read that uh, Gloria Calderon Kellett is stepping out uh, from behind the camera to also make an appearance. <laughs> well, then, then I can't spoil that. 
Gloria is so great in the show. Gloria Calderon Kellett is so great. Her character is hilarious. And yes, Gloria Esteban, in fact, I, I, again, I don't, we had a weird season in that we shot the shows one at a time, but we even shot them out of order. So we really didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> they may open with the uh, Gloria Esteban show, which is a wonderful show. And this ain't a spoiler. If you ever wanted to hear Gloria Esteban and Rita Marino sing together, you will. Wow. wow. And it is wonderful. Uh, it, it, uh, it's one of those moments uh, where I, I went and sat in the audience to watch this, to watch this scene. And I got chills. It's just terrific. And I, I'm not sure if that's going to end up being the first show of the season or later. It, it was, I think, the fifth or sixth show we shot. But who knows which order it'll be in. But you'll, you'll know a month from today. Now, I also saw recently on social media that you were up in Canada doing some work. Was that for a television show or a movie? It was for a movie uh, called Fracture. And it's going to be a Netflix movie, uh, no relation, but uh, Sam Worthington is the star of this. Uh, he was the star of Avatar, if you remember that. Mm. And it is kind of a really scary kind of psychological horror show. Not of the sci-fi variety, but basically a family is driving across country. And there is an accident of... Sam is the father, and then there's his wife and their little girl, and they, the girl is hurt, and they bring her to a hospital, and I end up being the emergency. Again, I'm playing a doctor. Uh, I play the emergency doctor at the hospital, and I'm apparently their savior. I, I really help the little girl, and I help them, and we we get the little girl to where she needs to go. She needs to get a CAT scan or something, and we send her down the elevator to, to where that's done, and, and I say, I'll get everything arranged, and I go off somewhere, and then they take the little girl downstairs, and then Sam wonders where I am, and he comes looking for me, and the woman at the front desk says, oh, his shift was over. He went home. Mm. What? Mm. He goes, well, they took my little girl downstairs, you know, to, and they, they say, what's downstairs? No, the CAT scan is up on the third floor. There's nothing downstairs. And thus begins this nightmare of him trying to find his little girl in this hospital, and nothing is quite what it seems. It is a pretty scary show. And I must say, when I got the script, it is a page-turner. So that'll be Fracture on Netflix, and I'm not sure. They're shooting now. They're still shooting, but I'm done. I'm done with Frozen North, i got to tell you. <laughs> how, how, cold, how cold did it get in Maine this winter? Uh, we've had uh, we've had a number of nights where it's been down in the single digits, three, four, five degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg, they were telling me that they were so thankful Anna and I came from California because we brought the warm weather with us, and we had some single digits, too. They <laughs> told us that it, this time when they're shooting 
right now as they're shooting them, it, that it could get down like negative 40. They call your, when going, your hair is frozen, hockey players call that the Winnipeg Dew. Because <laughs> the, whenever they come out of a hockey game and they go out into the air, yeah, their hair freezes solid. But I got to tell you, I loved Winnipeg. I loved Winnipeg. I thought it was, you know what, I think the Manitoba motto is friendly Manitoba, something like that. Uh, it is. The people there are so helpful and so nice, and it's kind of a big town on the edge of nothing, <laughs> on the edge of the frontier. They have a train station that has three trains that leave every day. They, that's it. Three. <laughs> you got three. You got one that goes to Vancouver. You got another one that goes to Toronto. And the third one goes north to Churchill to see the polar bears. <laughs> and Churchill is like a, a two-hour train ride or something. But the woman who was my driver on Fractured, said that she was a driver for the polar bear tours. And she says she's been a driver there for 10 years, uh, showing people the polar bears in uh, Churchill. And she said that they've only lost six tourists in the last 10 years. And I thought, wait, 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 wait. Let's wind that back. Lost six tourists? And she goes, well, they were killed by the bears. I go, isn't that's huge news. You you have a tourist attraction where people are eaten by the bears, six of them. That's almost like one a year. And she says, well, polar bears, everybody thinks they're cute because they're so white and the babies are so cute. But polar bears are the most dangerous bears on Earth. They're worse than grizzlies and kodiaks because they're the only bear that kills for fun. And I'm going like, man, I'm not going to Churchill. No, I, I will, I'll skip that tour, thank you. <laughs> Get the trip. <laughs> well, Stephen, yeah. uh, it's always a delight for us to talk with you. Stephen Tobolowski and One Day at a Time, Season 3 on Netflix on February 8th. Uh, thank you, as always, for visiting with us this afternoon. Our best to Anne, and uh, and uh, give a tip of the cap to Violetta and her family as well, please. <laughs> you, you, got, you got it very much, Rick. So good to talk to you again. Hey, that is Stephen Tobolowski again, February 8th. The new season in its entirety, season three of One Day at a Time, drops on Netflix. Uh, look, if you haven't watched the first couple of seasons, go binge on those so you'll be ready for season three. It's one of the best shows on television and uh, one of the nicest guys that we talk to on a regular basis, Stephen Tobolowsky, with us here on Downtown, the podcast. Thanks to you for joining us. We'll catch you next time right here on Downtown.